are back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Jason Ross here with you as we're at Golden One Center. Final segment of the show before we get you to game night at the bottom of the hour on this Thanksgiving Eve. Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com is uh, set to join us, and uh, let's bring him in now. Uh, Chris, how are you? Doing good, Jason. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, do you have any Landry family Thanksgiving traditions that are taking place tomorrow? Oh, I just do the normal stuff, a little stuffing or dressing with the turkey and watch a bunch of football. That's uh, <laughs> that's pretty much it. You know, I married into the South there, the Creole fam. So we have gumbo is a, a huge thing for Thanksgiving for us. I would thought you might have some of that down there. You know, that's interesting because, you know, a lot of people do it. I usually uh, break out the gumbo for Christmas Eve, but uh, okay. I just um, – yeah, a lot of people do that though. Um, around here, make the gumbo. It's uh, yeah. it's not quite getting cold yet, but gumbo's good anytime. <laughs> Just put the air conditioning up a little more. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, normally we start with the NFL, but I'm actually going to switch it up this week with you, Chris, and, and go to college because of a uh, new bracket, new polls. I know you had said when the first one came out, like, okay, people are going to overreact. This will this will settle itself out. Look at Cincinnati. How are they ever going to get in? You thought Oregon would at l- least lose one time to Utah. That happened. Uh, Michigan State was that first team in at that one point, and they're long gone. Um, here we are, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Cincinnati, and Ohio State is playing in a game that their future could be changed if Michigan somehow beats them this weekend. So we got we got some good drama this weekend. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you got Bedlam with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State just on the outside. And uh, so you're right. It's going to be interesting. I don't know that Michigan can pull it off, but uh, I think it uh, it's certainly going to Gonna take take one out and and put one in the mix, and I suspect it'll be Ohio State. But you know you have a, a couple of things to to look at. I think you've got you've got that you've got uh, Oklahoma Oklahoma State, and obviously the winner there is going to have to turn around and either play that other team again or Baylor, and that's a tough challenge. And how high will they go? Um, how high will Notre Dame go? If they're just, you know, because I think right now they're ranked six ahead of the Big 12 uh, potential champ, but those teams haven't won yet. So will they jump Notre Dame? And because I'm looking at it as if things go uh, next week at this time, we'll be talking about Alabama, Georgia. Uh, if Alabama beats Auburn, you know, Alabama gets knocked out with a loss to Georgia. And then it probably is the Big 12 versus Notre Dame with Cincinnati staying in. Uh, but, you know, so there's not as much football left, and we have a pretty good idea where things are. But I have seen chaos reign down the stretch, so we've got a couple of weeks more to, to go. But it, it looks like certainly Georgia's in great position. I think Ohio State's in good position. And I think Cincinnati, as we said, is in yeah. pretty decent position to hold on um, unless things fall around uh, uh, all around them. Well, that, that's the one I wanted to ask you about because I'm assuming, and, you know, if they lose, that that's different. But if they don't, they have two winnable games. Can Cincinnati be leapfrogged, I guess, even if they win out? Oh, I think it's possible. But I think that in the the the, the game against Houston to win the conference title will matter. And, and certainly I think they're in good position. I think it would require Alabama to beat Georgia and that would put Alabama and Georgia in it, then Ohio state. And then we'd be talking about where would the committee have, let's say one loss Oklahoma state in comparison to Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati holds off Notre Dame because of the head to head personally. But I do think that 
you know, the scenario of Alabama and Georgia are in it and Ohio State, then then where does Oklahoma State, for example, um, rank, or maybe even Oklahoma, but Oklahoma State kind of rank in comparison. That might be the only thing that might threaten Cincinnati's spot. Hmm. Talking with Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. Chris, I had mentioned this earlier in the show. Um, I think Jim Harbaugh's done a good job. I'm not a Wolverine supporter or, or a Big Ten guy, so I can understand why, because he hasn't beaten Ohio State and hasn't gotten to that Final Four, where the uh, concern is, but I feel like he's made Michigan a top 10 program. He just hasn't made him a top five program. If he wins, that and it's a huge if, uh, that's that big breakthrough win. He's not in any kind of trouble, is he there? No, they they really, uh, Ward Manuel, the, um, the athletic director over there, which, by the way, you know, side note is a player that I recruited back in the day. It mm-hmm. makes me feel old, but the athletic director, they, they – they feel a little differently than, than a lot of the Michigan fans about Jim Harbaugh. I think that most people thought, and I think, I, I mean, I did. I thought Michigan with Jim Harbaugh by the third or fourth year there would, you know, be right there with Ohio State. I mean, just neck and neck. And they're not. Uh, they're, they are quite a, a, bit, uh, a bit behind Ohio State. And I do think, um, you know, when this game finishes up on Saturday, we'll still be looking at Ohio State on a different level. But you know, the thing about it, it's it's not just that. It's they lost to Michigan State in a game they probably should have won. And the record against the rivals is just it's just not there. But yet, you've kind of mentioned it. It's not like they've been awful. It's not like they've collapsed. They've just they've not won big games there. And so it's kind of like, can they break through? Can they break through? And, you know, even this year, you know, I think we're going to look at it and say, well, you know, couldn't beat Michigan State. He couldn't beat Ohio State. And that's going to be frustrating, but certainly not fireable. Mm. Uh, Did the 10-year deal with Coach Franklin at Penn State surprise you? Yeah, it did. I, you know, I just, I think, you know, James has a, way to self-promote and I you know he is he certainly was not a legitimate candidate at USC or LSU or any of the places but the one thing I'm I've got to dig deeper into the contract Jason my understanding though is that the buyout is just a fraction of that meaning they won't have to owe him um, the full amount of that so the buyout and that's the real key of it so it sounds like, and again, until I see the contract, I'm not certain. It sounds like it's a lot of, um, it, it's a, it's a, it, it sounds a lot different than it really is. It just looks like it's a paper contract that gives him quote unquote the security, but it really comes down to the buyout. So essentially, if it only costs them just two or three million dollars after two or three years, that's nothing in today's world of buyouts. What does it mean? In the in the grand scheme of things here, Chris, too, I'm a Pac-12 guy. I love the Pac-12, and they're gonna. It's gonna be another year where they're not gonna have a team in the four, um, and rightfully so. I'm not saying they're they're not getting robbed in this situation, but grand scheme, I mean, just obviously people think of the Pac-12 and don't put them in the same sentence as the SEC and some others. What kind of damage does it do to the conference to not be there again? Well, I think it does damage, and and I think you know the biggest thing is we see players leaving the footprint of the Pac-12 and going to Clemson and going to Alabama, going to Georgia, you know, that's, that's probably the most damning, you know, thing. Look, a couple of things that need to have happened. USC needs to get the higher right 
and they need to start winning again. The, having the bell cow program within the league not be uh, relevant really nationally is a problem. And look, I mean, um, George Glackoff has got to get the TV contract right. He's got to get more money. It's an arms race, and they've fallen behind. And it's it's dangerously behind because, I mean, if you look at facilities in the Pac-12, they're starting to get better. But, Jason, they're 20 years behind. You know, facilities are getting redone and redone a third time, uh, you know, in in the southern footprint. Well, these kids that go for visits in the south and they're – from there, they say, my God, how much more important is football than it is at our place? I think that's a big part of it. If you look at the money that comes into the Pac-12 relative to, say, even the ACC, the Big Ten, and certainly the SEC, it's not nearly as much. The other thing that you're going to find in Pac-12 is look how many sports they support. Mm-hmm. They're up in the neighborhood of about 30 Whereas you don't have as many, it's about 10 more. And so think about it. You got less money coming in and you're having to feed more miles in terms of scholarships and support facilities for, you know, water polo and things that just, uh, doesn't exist in other places. So I think the, the money flow, you follow the money as you do in most things. And that's where I think the biggest concern is, and they've got to flip that around. You can do it. You can correct it, but it's going to take a lot of work and, I hope they found a visionary that can help to begin to get some of that in the right direction. And it would help if they could get the Pac-12 network uh, in a place where uh, at least, you know, maybe half the people in California can get the darn thing. Yeah, so true. As we're talking with Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. Let's transition then to the NFL. It's actually a great slate of games this weekend. I don't think it really starts tomorrow uh, with Lions, Bears. Uh, the, man, the Raiders are really struggling against the Cowboys and then the Saints and Bills. I'll ask you about that Raider team that, you know, we, we kind of check in on them every week, and it was going okay, but now it's three straight losses and kind of three straight huh, half-hearted, like what, what are they kind of performances, which has probably been more puzzling than anything. Yeah, it seems like they just kind of, as you mentioned, it just kind of going into the tank and some of the holes that they – we're able to camouflage on the roster to some degree with, you know, the right moment and the right game. And, you know, you know, car plays great and just gets, you know, light on fire one game and lights it up, you know, it can overcome it. But the offensive line is inconsistent and certainly the secondary is, and you, you start to see the flaws in that team. No question about it. So I, you know, this is one, you know, that, that you would think that this is a get-right game for Dallas is still trying to stay, you know, within – at least in that race for the top of the NFC. And, yeah, the, you know, and, and with Kansas City starting to play better, um, and you could see in that game, you could see the difference. It's one of the things that gets you right is when you when you play a team that's struggling to even match up, and that's the Raiders. So, I. I think we're starting to see it in this game probably puts them another step towards uh, irrelevance, uh, even in an expanded playoffs. Um, That's kind of how I see it. Well, we talked about expanded playoffs for a while, about the 49ers. Could they stay in that mix? They get a great win against the Rams and then back it up with a win you have to. And they did in Jacksonville. And now all of a sudden this seemingly pretty important game here in week 12 with the Niners and Vikings, both 
at five and five. And Chris, every week Minnesota's in the most entertaining game, seemingly uh, in the fourth quarter, in some sort of wild finish. So I expect probably more of the same this week. What do you think with the Niners and Vikings? Yeah, and Minnesota's playing very well, and you know they're winning close games as you mentioned in exciting fashion. But they've turned it around. They're playing well, and you mentioned San Francisco starting to run the football and find themselves. Uh, yeah, no, I think they're they're obviously clearly right in for that that seventh spot, you know, or in that race in that five and five end. Um, no, they're they're right in it. The Saints are in it with the with the Bills, and so um, you know, I think you you, you can't even rub a team like you know Carolina or Philadelphia, but. You know, I think the Niners are just in a little bit better position. And you're right, the winner of this game is gonna gonna put themselves in a pretty good spot. The loser is kind of falling back and is you know, again, both have dug themselves enough of a hole that they really can't afford a loss here. Uh but I like the way both of these teams are have looked on film and watching the last two, three weeks. Uh NFC sticking there, another really good game. Rams, Packers, Lambeau, both lost last week. I mean, we just brought about the Vikings. Uh, ending it at the end there against the Packers. But uh, Rams have all that talent, haven't materialized just yet. What do you think about that matchup at Lambeau? Well, Green Bay's really beat up, and so I'm I'm curious to see how they respond to it. It's not just Aaron Rodgers' toe, but they've got issues on defense. That's a problem. You know, the Rams are interesting because you're right. They have kind of gone all in, win now, you know. But if you watch them – they're very vulnerable in defending the run. And when they get the offense going and they can use that pass rush, they become a very formidable team. But teams that can run the football well uh, can give them a problem. Is Green Bay, Green Bay going to be able to do that? Are they healthy enough to do it and healthy enough to hold up on defense? You know, this is one that the Rams need to go on the road and get it done here because I think they're getting Green Bay in a banged up situation. And as you know, we're kind of talking about it, it's, it's, We've got one more game in, in the schedule now, but Thanksgiving is where you really need to get healthy and you've got to make up ground or in some cases you're holding on. Um, and this is, I think, a big one. I think it's a bigger game for the Rams that could fall further behind in their chase in the West. And then it's clearly with a loss this week, it's unlikely that you're going to gonna win your division and you have to go strictly the wild card right a few of the Rams. You know, this is the first year of this, Chris. I, I, I don't know the answer to this. May, you may not know either. We may need the, the year or two to, to really see it. Besides the networks, maybe the fans that get another regular season game, I mean, is this really better for the league to have 17 regular season games? No, it's not. It's all a money grab. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, here's the reality of it. They had the four preseason games. And instead of doing the right thing, and not charging the fans the preseason games within their season ticket package. That's what they should do. And, you know, people say, well, I don't need preseason. You can do whatever you want to do. But the preseason games gives opportunity for young players and to develop your roster. You just don't need to be charging full price for a game where you're not going to see the starters. And that's where it all – so we're going to take away a preseason game – we're going to make it a regular season game and get more money out of it. And I think they're clearly going to want to go to 18 and go to two preseason games. So mm. it is too many more games. It's two more. It's more games than we need. 16 is to me that the cap off number. 
And if you just simply didn't want to have the preseason, then, then lop off two preseason games. But don't try uh, – listen to me say, don't try to make more money. I get it. It's, <laughs> it's a capitalistic society. But the point is, right. it's not good for football. And it, it is just so disingenuous to be talking about an extra game, oh, but we really care about safety. And, oh, sure. uh, we're going to play Thursday night games, right. which is really, you know, flies into the face of safety. But we want – you know, it just goes to prove the point. They really don't give a darn about safety. What they're trying to do is do things that, you know, with rules that they can go when they're litigated against to say, look, we changed all these rules to improve safety. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. And especially when they say it's not about the money, you know, it's about the money. Yeah. And they'll put that shield up there to kind of say that's what they're looking at. And safety, safety, safety. You're right. But nothing that they do uh, suggests that. Uh, let's see. We also got some other good ones. Titans and Patriots. I mean, New England. This is we know they're well coached. They got some of those defensive guys back. But, man, here they are. One of the hottest teams going. I'm impressed by what they've done. Yeah, they their defense is playing as good as anybody in the league right now. And if Buffalo doesn't figure it out, and you know, on uh, tomorrow night, if if yeah. they uh, they don't get it done against New Orleans, I mean, they they're you know, it's going to come down to that. They're obviously got New England, and that that's going to be a lot of fun. But right now, New England looks like the better team. Buffalo's got a little bit of the Chiefs disease of when <laughs> Chiefs were struggling. Yeah, they're not playing that good defensively. They're not running the football, and then they're mm-hmm. trying to run the football. So it's like. We're going to throw it across a lot, and it's Josh Allen's going to have to make play after play. I mean, you just you've got to be able to run the football more. You can't be throwing it fifty times and expect to play good defense and expect to win in Buffalo in November, and December, and January when it comes playoff time. I, I that's a team that is disappointing. Right, probably one of the more disappointing teams because they're just not playing like I thought they would. Like I think they're capable of playing. Um, how about other games this weekend? We go across AFC, NFC, Tampa Bay, and the Colts. Colts coming off that great win where Taylor went crazy and the the champs, of course. But what do you think about the Bucks and the uh, Colts? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm really watching the uh, Tampa and see how much better they get down the stretch. The defense hasn't pl- been playing all that well, but getting a little bit better. It's getting into Tom Brady time, right? I mean, it's just it's kind of the stretch run. So let's watch them as we're trying to figure out. You know, because somebody asked me, well, what do you think about the favorites? Let's just remind everybody the Bucks are only one game out and only one team has one less loss. So keep that in mind. Let's see where it goes. Really like the way the Colts are playing. And I almost hate to say it because the minute you think it, then somebody goes out and lays an egg. But I mm-hmm. like the way the Colts are playing at the line of scrimmage. And I'm going to tell you, it's wide open for the MVP. But, man, my goodness. I don't know that he's a strong enough candidate, but uh, he continues to run like this. Jonathan Taylor has been outstanding, and um, they got they got a nice little stretch here. And I'm concerned from a Tennessee standpoint with Derrick Henry uh, being yeah. out that 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 division might you know you know condense a little bit. But I think it'll depend a lot on if the Colts are able to get it done and and upset the Bucks this weekend. Yeah, you brought up an interesting point about Taylor and the MVP race. I mean, the league just desperately always wants to give it to a QB, but who would be the guy right now? Who would be the MVP? I, I don't I don't have a strong – I mean, you know, I could see Brady finishing strong and maybe getting that, but really start to look at it. You're not – you don't have that with, you know, Lamar Jackson being that. 
Derrick Henry would have been one mm-hmm. the way I but not that. I mean, you know, you I guess Mahomes could get hot and finish and be in that, but you don't have that. I mean, you really start to look at it and um I think it's very difficult in the NFC kind of Dak's not having a great year. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been banged up. I mean, you know, Kirk Cousins has played like a yeah. like a like a pro bowler, but I don't know that I'd go that far. Brady again not great. I mean, it's just you know, uh, Tyler Murray's got the injuries now. I mean, what, I mean, just you, you. To me, you know, it's it's a few good defensive players. It, as you mentioned, it doesn't go to guys like that. So, I think that is to be determined from this weekend on. Is probably mm-hmm. going to determine who's going to win that award. And obviously, we're going to watch how that could have an impact on their team. Yeah, that's probably a good thing, though, for the rest of the league, too, is everybody's still, well, not everybody, but people still have a chance at that coveted award. All right, it's LandryFootball.com. Uh, Chris, this is a, a great idea, too, around the holidays here, but what uh, what can people get there when they uh, check out your site? Yeah, it's, it's a great, you know, uh, holiday gift for, you know, man or woman that, that loves football. It's a gift all year long. It's the best way to describe it is we take you behind the scenes in the film room to break down the games, to give you a film room analysis, a preview of the games coming up, a recap, a review of the games that were played this past week, give you the inside information in our notebooks, give you all the NFL draft information, all the recruiting information, keep you up to date on personnel, coaching searches, which I'm involved in a lot with my uh, consulting business. We give you a lot of the insights there. So, a lot of good things. It's one-stop shopping footballs like having your own scouting or coaching department for less than a magazine subscription. So check it out. And try it out for a month if you want. The best discount is for the year membership. It's less than $10 a month if you try it out for a month. It's even cheaper than that if you try it out for six months or a year. So great options. Um, the best uh, indication I get is that when people come, they stay, they like it. So if you give it a, if you give it a try, I think you'll find it something unique and different. So great holiday gift, give a gift for yourself. LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the football season sale now. That's awesome. We encourage everybody to check that out. LandryFootball.com. Chris, we appreciate you every week joining us. Have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the games and we'll talk to you next week. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you and everybody at the station and all the great listeners there. Appreciate you. All right, thank you. That's Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. All right, check that out. That is it for us for now. Game night's coming your way next. We got the High Flyer Henry Turner. We got Scott Marsh, and then it's Kings basketball. It'll be the Kings and the Blazers. That's all coming up right here on Sports 1140 KHDK.